0: Uh, The rules of engagement, we we talked about different ones, and uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it says, And now abide, love and hope and faith, and it says, The greatest of these is love. Now, we talked about love a few weeks ago, but just because the Apostle Paul said the greatest of these is love, that doesn't mean faith and hope are no uh, benefit to us, they are. And so the rule of engagement today, we're going to talk about is faith, and you know, the scriptures talk about with faith, it's impossible to please God. The Bible tells us to fight the good fight of faith. It talks, it tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. And so, this morning, I'm going to give you some of the basis of faith. And understand this, this morning, you're going to get a truth on faith. And I highlight the word a truth because... I'm smart enough to realize I can't give you everything that I know about faith in one setting. So you're going to get a truth that will be about 30 minutes long, okay? Just that long. Amen? Okay. Set that stage right now. Go with me the book of uh, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel 10. And this truth here, guys, this is a truth that literally changed my life regarding faith. I mean, this did something on the inside of me years ago that stirred me up. And as I began to study on these lines, God said, right there, right there. That's what we got to get in there. And so I believe it will help you too in your walk of faith. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. The message was true, but the point of time was long. And he, Daniel, had understood the message... And he had understanding of the vision. Now, there's a couple questions I can say right here. Number one, was the message true? It said it was. The second one, did he understand the message? Yes, he did. Did he have vision in it? It said, yes, he did. All those were true, but there's a phrase in there that will really jump out to you. And it says, the message was true, but the appointed time was long. The point of time was long, so I can ask you this question. Did this take place in Daniel's timetable? No, it didn't. And many times in our life, this can become the beginning of frustration in our lives when things don't happen when we think they should. Now that's where faith must kick in. For every one of us, this this is the beginning of, of, of where faith must kick in. Now some of the New Testament passages that'll bear witness to that. Galatians six nine says, Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season due season you shall reap if you thank not. Now my paraphrased edition of due season is this it's gonna be longer than you think. You might as well get ready. Another one Is Hebrews 6.12, it says, imitate those who through faith and patience they inherited. Now we as believers, we like that word faith, but we can't stand that word patience. And so even Daniel here, he had to understand there was an appointed time. What happens with us a lot of times on this thing called appointed time, we get upset, we get antsy. We get frustrated and we're like, hurry up, God, hurry up. And so we try to put God's blessings, God's promises in the microwave and we put in 2 minutes and 22 seconds and we hit it. And when that bell rings and if it's not there, we become frustrated. We become mad. And so this is a part of faith that I think we need to understand today that it's it's not on our timetable. It's on God's. And let me tell you this right now about Father God. He doesn't miss it. He's not late, and he's not early. He's right on time. And a lot of times in our human abilities, we think he's late, he's late, he's late, he's late. He's not. He's not. So that's what we're going to talk about here a little bit this morning. Go with me to the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And you know what? If you're here today, and and you've gotten frustrated... By some of the things that are going on in your life? You know, many of us in here, we go through frustration and stuff. It's going to help you today, okay? It's going to help you big now. Have ears to hear. Tell the Lord, say, give me ears to hear. Give me eyes to see. Give me a heart to receive this, Father God. Stay attentive here. Sometimes you got to tell your mind, be still. Shut up and listen. Pay attention. Now, don't elbow your neighbor and tell them that. Just say that to yourself, okay? Hebrews 11 and this is called the Faith Hall of Fame. If you've ever studied this, and the men and women are in there because of their faith. And in this passage, if you look in your in your daily reading, if you read Hebrews 11, in um, almost every name in there, it'll say this. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Sarah. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. And so that phrase is in there, and we must understand this, guys. By faith. Now, I'm going to bounce around in this chapter for time a little bit, but start with me in verse 13. Hebrews 11, verse 13. These all died in faith. Now, that's quite a phrase right there. These all died in faith. So you know what this tells me here? As long as you live on this earth, You're going to have to walk by faith. The Bible says specifically, the just shall live by faith. So you might as well get used to that. we got to understand this. And so when you begin to read this, you'll see these believers in here, they maintain their faith by trusting in God. That's where it was at, right there, by trusting in God. So it says, these all died in faith, not having received the promise. Now look what it said, not having received the promise. Does that mean they didn't receive it? But having seen them afar off, they were assured of them. They embraced them. They confessed that they were strangers or transients and pilgrims, temporary residents on the earth. They're just passing through. Now if you'll notice there, it says that they saw them afar off. In other words, the appointed time was long. And if you'll notice some things in there, it says they were assured of them, they embraced them, and they confessed them. But they didn't receive them. And when you read that and it says they didn't receive them, then you may have this thought, then why are they in the faith hall of fame? Well, here's some points that I want to make to you today. The first thing, is, is faith about a thing? Or is faith about a person? That's what we're going to decide today. Is faith about things or faith about a person? Look with me in the same chapter at verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, and Samson, Jephthah, also of David, Samuel, the prophets, who what? Through faith... They subdued kingdoms. Everything I'm getting ready to read you of the things they did, it was through faith. Through faith, they worked righteousness. Through faith, they obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness, they were made strong. They became valiant in battle. They turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Their women received their dead, raised to life again by faith. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they may obtain a better resurrection. Still others had a trialings of mocking, scourging, jest, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Now when you read all that, doesn't it make you excited about being a Christian? You look at basically all the H E L L they went through right here on Earth. The 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 shortcomings that they had to go through every day, and I, I say that because they went through them, understanding the greatness of their God. They understood even when we're going through this stuff, our God is with us. He's going to be there. And so, when you look at all the things I just read. Did the ones who were slain or stoned, did they have faith? Yeah, they did. How about the ones that were sawn in two? Did they have faith? They did. Every one of them did. Keep reading verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And one or two of these, that's what it says, it says, and all these, every one of them, Having obtained a good testimony, having obtained a good testimony. You know how you receive or obtain a good testimony? Is you got to go through some things. You know what a testimony is a result of? The test, the battles. And to have a good testimony, you know what that tells me? You kept fighting. You kept trusting God. And so it says here, and having obtained a good testimony, how did that happen? Through faith, but they did not receive the promise. Through faith, but they did not receive the promise. Now, I'm going to make some points here. Number one, my faith isn't in things. My faith isn't in things, guys. And I'm going to say something here, and I'm going to fill in the blanks the rest of the morning. Faith isn't believing for something. For some things. Now don't cut me off right here yet, okay? I'm going to get back to that. See, what happens many times in our life, we get disappointed and mad at God when we believe for things and they don't happen. And so we say, What's up, God? You're not faithful anymore. And so when I look at this here, that they had a good testimony... But then it says they did not receive the promise. Once again, i got to look back at this. Is faith about a thing or faith about a person? I will tell you this. Is it biblical for us to pray for things? It's biblical for you to pray for things. But my faith is not in things. My faith is in Him. My faith has got to be in Him. And when you read this right here, guys... Faith is not the absence of difficulties. If you were told that when you got born again, your life is going to be a bed of roses, you are now exempt from any more problems on this earth, whoever told you that, they lied. Because you can go through here and find this over and over. Now the point of me telling you that is, that even in the midst of difficulties, that's where you get to believe God. That's where you keep your eyes on God. Hold your place right there. Look, look at Isaiah chapter 43. Hold your place there in Hebrews 11. We're going to come right back to that. Isaiah chapter 43. And I want you to see this. Because like I said, faith is not the absence of difficulties. You saw that over and over and over and over right there. Isaiah 43, verse number 1. But now, thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and who he who formed you, O Israel. Now there's two words in there that really jump out. That God created you, and that God formed you. Now I don't know about you, but if I'm going to get help from anybody in my life, I want it from the very one who created me and formed me. I don't want it from anybody else. And I'm here to tell you again today, I'm not a result of evolution. In other words, my daddy wasn't a monkey swinging from the trees. My daddy created me in heaven. Now, I said this in the first service, I'll say it again. I believe in the Big Bang Theory. You do, Pastor? I do. God spoke and bang, it happened. That's the Bang Theory right there for you. And so right here, when Father God says this right here, this is incredible that you got to understand. God created me and God formed me. God created you and God formed you. Uh, Psalm 139 says that He wonderfully and fearfully created you. And so understand that. Now look what he goes on to say here. Fear not. Fear not. Now, when there's that phrase right there, fear not, you know what? I believe this. This is a warning for us because evidently there's going to be some things that come up in our life that are going to try to get you over in fear. But he said, fear not. No matter what trial or circumstance you're going through. Why? Now, I want you to see how personal God is. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Father God said, I've redeemed you. And I've called you by your name. You are mine. You are a precious possession of Father God's. And look what he goes on to say here in verse 2. When you pass through the waters. Now i highlight the word when. It doesn't say if. It said when you pass through the waters. You know what that means? When you're in over your head. When you feel like you got about a half a nostril out of water. This is what he's talking about. Now look what he goes on to say. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. So once again, he's telling you, you're going to go through some things, but I'm with you. He says next, and through the rivers, they will not overflow you. In the rough times, you won't go down. When you walk, look what he says, through the fire. If you'll notice there, he didn't say there's detours. When you walk around the fires, when you go over the overpass of the fires, the under... No, he says, when you go through the fires, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. So right here, you begin to see again, faith is going through some difficulties. But here's the great, the great revelation of this. Look at verse 3. For I am the Lord your God. Period. And so no matter what you're going through, and so the second thing I want you to see here, the second major point you got to get this today. Faith is someone. Faith isn't something. Faith is about someone. Now go back with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And as you're turning back there, now we're going to go to the very first verse. Now the Bible school I graduated from was called Ramah. Every day for a year, I was taught faith, guys. Every, and so, probably 99.9% of the graduates of Rhema, they can quote this verse. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I mean, I think I could probably say that in my sleep as many times as I've heard it. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if you go to a Rhema graduate and say, what does that mean? They'd scratch their head and they'd say, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But what does that mean? And so you know what, we can talk about this, but what does it mean? And so that's where we're going to get in here today. What does it mean? Because to help you, many times, when we put our faith into something, instead of someone, you're going to live disappointed. You're going to live frustrated. I've been there. And let me give you some illustrations that this may locate you today or this may help you. How many of you have ever believed God for a job? Probably every one of us in here. And so what happened many times when I believed for a job, you know what? My eyes were on the job instead of the, instead of the one who created the job. I begin to look and you know, when I applied for a job and it didn't happen like I wanted, you know what I said? What's up, God? You know why? Because my eyes, my faith was in something instead of someone. How about when you've ever looked to God for healing in your body? Many times we look at the manifestation of the healing instead of the healer. And if I don't get my eyes on God, see, God, that's faith right there to keep my eyes on Him. How about this? How many of you ever believed God for, for maybe finances or a job? I'm not a job, finances or a car. And when it didn't happen like we wanted, we got mad because, you know why? My eyes were on the money or the vehicle instead of the other one. So, in other words, we could say my eyes were on the blessing instead of the blesser. And see, this is where we've gotten off on faith, guys, even in my own life, that I would get so focused. Some of you right now who believe in God for a spouse, bless you. What happens in that area is you say, Oh, Father God, I, I want a wife. And, and every little foo-foo that comes walking in that door, your eyes look and you think, Is that her? Is that her? Now, you know what you've done? You've put all your faith in that girl, and you've left the very one who created that girl out. And see, this is what I've done in my life, guys. And so my faith wasn't looking to God My faith was on the manifestations of whatever I needed in my life at that time. Now get ready, we're going to get blessed here. Verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now I'm going to stop right there. That word substance is mentioned five times in the New Testament. That word substance in the Greek, the Greek word for substance is person. It's person. Now, everything I begin to look at, it referred me back to different scriptures. Hold your finger right there and go with me to Hebrews chapter 1. Just over a little bit. You guys didn't know you are going to get to go throughout the Bible all in 30 minutes. Well, that's what's going to happen today. All over. Now remember what I just said. The same Greek word for substance is person. Here we go, verse 1. Hebrews 1.1. God, who is at various times in various ways spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets. It's talking about in the Old Testament. Has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. That's the New Testament. Whom he has appointed heir of all things. Who's the heir of all things? Jesus was the heir of all things. So if Jesus is the heir of all things, guess how we get those things? we got to go to the one who is the heir of all things. Keep reading. Through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Now that word person right there, is the same one that we see in Hebrews 11, 1, where it says substance. So you know what the substance is? It's a person named Jesus. Faith, guys, isn't about a thing. Faith is about a person. Now look what he goes on to say about this person. And he upholds all things by the word of his power, and when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And so the first thing you got to understand here about verse 1 is faith is about a person. You know, when we read Hebrews eleven six, 6, it says without faith it's impossible to please God. You know what that verse can really mean? Without Jesus it's impossible to please God. Possible. Back to Hebrews 11, one. The second part says, the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. That word evidence there is referred to three times in the New Testament. The word evidence ties in with the word reproof, which is talking about the word of God. Now remember here, the word evidence is tied into the word or reproof. To understand this, you've got to go to 2 Timothy 3. Look back into 2 Timothy. Just go back to your right a little bit, or your left. 2 Timothy 3, and verse number 16. Now look what this says here. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, or evidence for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Righteousness. Now, when I look at verse 16, the whole topic of that verse is the Word of God. It's Scripture. So you know what the evidence is, guys? It's the Word of God. Why is that so important? Because anytime you can find God's promises in the Word of God, you know that's His will. That's His will. And so when you look at this, the substance is Jesus. The evidence is the Word. Now when you tie those together, I'm going to tell you it's an incredible combination. And so let me ask you another question. Who is the Word? Jesus is the Word. You know how I know that? We sang it this morning. When they sang it, both services, I looked at them. Because you know what it says in John 1, 14? The Word became flesh. So every bit of faith that he's talking about is centered around Jesus. It's centered around Father God. You know what the substance is? God. You know what the evidence? God. And so faith is in someone, not something. And when I begin to look at the different things that happen in scriptures and people's lives, their eyes were on Jesus. They got their eyes off the things. And I looked at, at, at Mark 5, and there was a, a ruler of the synagogue by by name of Jairus. And Jairus had a little girl that was in bad shape, about to die. And you know what Jairus said to Jesus? He said, Jesus, if you would come and lay your hands on her, if you would just speak a word. And so you know what Jairus understood? Everything was centered around Jesus. He didn't say, if I go home and she's healed right now, I know you've moved. No, he just said, Jesus, all you have to do is lay hands on her. All you have to do is speak a word. And then in that same chapter of Mark 5, there was a woman called the woman with the issue of blood. And she had this infirmity for 12 years. And it said, she rather grew worse instead of better. So you know what that means? Every dime that she had, she went to the doctor's. She went to the to, to the pharmacy. And I'm not downplaying those. But what I begin to see is in twelve years she looked at every one that could heal her instead of the very one. And in that passage, you know what she said? She said, When I saw Jesus, I said, if I but may only touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. So what was her faith on? Jesus. It was everything was channeled toward Jesus and I believe that's big with every one of our lives that we got to understand this that my faith is in someone not something. When my faith is in God, Romans 8:28 says this, I know that he will make all things work together for my good. I know that he will do this. You know what that means? It's on his timetable. My God will cause all things to work together for my good. And so you know what? I begin to say, okay, Lord, if you're going to work all things for my good, have at it. Here you go. I'm going to trust in you and I'm going to give it to you. Now, there's been times in my life, guys, that if I'm not careful, I'll get over on the problems, the issues, instead of looking to Jesus. Here's a good one. Philippians 4.19 says, my God shall supply all my need. If I'm not careful, guys, I take my eyes off the one who promised and I start looking at everything around me other than him. i got to keep my eyes on him. Now, in my own life, guys, when I was battling, battling, battling alcohol, I got to the point I hated it, guys, but I kept doing it. Now, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, the thing that I want to do, I don't do. But the thing that I hate to do, that's what I do. That's me. That was me. And so you know what ended up taking place? I began to realize I'm trying to do everything in my own abilities to get past this when the only way I can get past it is through Jesus. And so I begin to look and I would say, Lord, you've delivered me. My deliverance isn't in my abilities. My deliverance isn't in how many days I can go without a drink. My deliverance is in you. So as long as I kept my eyes on Jesus, you know what that meant? It was on His his appointed time. So I'd say, oh, Father God, Your Word, the evidence says that You've delivered me out of the power of darkness. That's Colossians 1.13. And so you know what that meant? Have at it, Father God. You're the one that knows what's going on in my life. And so when I kept my eyes looking on him, you're my deliverer, Jesus. I thank you. My faith became in him. My faith wasn't in anything but Jesus. And guess what happened? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. He's free I stand before you today free, not because I'm some superhero. I didn't get dressed this morning in a phone booth. You know what? I just begin to trust God and say, Father God, you're my source of everything. You're my source. Listen, think about this in your life right now. What are you frustrated with? What are you disappointed with? See, some of you stay up at night. Some of you toss and turn in your bed. You worry, 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 worry. How do you know that? That's because I've been there. And you know what that tells me? Your eyes aren't on Him. Because when my eyes are on him, you know what I know? He's going to make all things work together for my good. Actually, he's working right now on my benefit. And so it just takes all the responsibility off me and puts it on God. Now, here's what some of you are going to have to do. Some of you are going to have to get your wheelbarrow out. And you're going to have to go in your home, your life, your closet of your life, and, and, and get out your big shovel and scoop all that crud out. And throw it in that wheelbarrow. And then envision yourself moving all across here. And you get over here and you just dump it. And you said, Father God, you said in 1 Peter 5 that I can cast all my care upon you for you care for me. So here it is. Have at it. And then say, man, I just thank God. I just thank God that he's delivered me. I just thank God, Father. You feel my eyes are on you, Lord. Stand up with me here this morning. See, here's what the direction is, guys, as far as faith. Get your eyes onto Him and get your eyes off of all the things. Because if you're trusting in things, you're going to live frustrated. You're going to live disappointed. And I can say this coming back from a marriage retreat. If you're frustrated in your marriage, could it be because you keep trying to change each other? Oh, Father God, change Shelly. She's so insensitive to my needs. Or could it be this? Where I begin to understand, Father God, I'm trusting you to work in my life, in my marriage. I'm looking to you. We've tried to fix things in our lives and it hadn't done very good. But when we begin to pray and we begin to look to you, our faith is in you, Father God. Will he move? Yeah, he's going to move. And so bow your head with me.